0: Beloved Church of God, beginning our service before God, let us stand and affirm the promise that relates to the door of our hope. Let the resurrection of Christ reign in our bodies. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are grateful to Your holy name for this privilege to be in this place that Your hand has outlined, for the worship of Your holy name. And so, allow Your inheritance in the name of the covenant of blood to be lifted to unreachable heights to us and to break all evil and sin that binds us. May in this service be cursed, as before, all the works of devil, illnesses, poverty, premature death, demonic dependencies, all forms of fears, depression destruction, covetousness, ignorance, all of this. Let it depart from the tents of your holy nation. And stand, Lord, in the place of your rest, you, and the ark of your greatness, and may your saints be clothed in your salvation, and may they rejoice before your countenance. Give us more from your Spirit. Fill us with your Holy Spirit and allow us to find your holy countenance. May the service be presented into your divine arms. Guide it with your uplifted hand. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. May the Lord bless you. You may be seated.
1: Before we begin to submerge into the unsearchable inheritance of Christ, this is the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge of God, His ways that are unreachable only within the measure that God does allow and the measure of our faith, He opens up these ways in His Word upon the condition that we've prepared our heart to listen to His Word. This is what I told you, Jesus told His disciples while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about Me in the Law of Moses and the Prophets and the Psalms. Luke 24, 44. So that we, as the participants of the Body of Christ, would share with Christ the fulfillment of all that is written about Him in Scripture, we continue to study our collaboration with the truth of the Word of God, and with the Holy Spirit who reveals the truth in the heart, <clears throat> what we need to do from our side so that we can receive the right to the power to put off our former way of life so that we can clothe our bodies into a new way of life. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which has been corrupted by its deceitful lusts, to be made new by the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new self, Created by God in true righteousness and holiness, Ephesians four twenty-two through twenty-four. And this is not the only place of Scripture, and I will remind us that this place and those like it are indications. They identify our calling, and if it in some way will be lost, missed, unnoticed, we will lose our salvation sometimes people that don't have a circumcised ear. This sounds harsh and they consider this to be heresy because for them the calling is either a position in the church or some kind of good work or evangelism or as they sing in their so-called churches, as as least I can bring my soul to the throne. And so pretty much what they're saying is, what can they come to God with if they don't bring their soul? So they think that if they bring souls through their testimony, then in this way they consider this a guarantee for their own salvation, forgetting the fact that salvation that was given to them, it was given to them prior to that, and it was already given to them freely in the seed, They already received it. Why do you once again need to try to obtain salvation by doing things, evangelizing, uh, preaching, singing, doing work, doing good things for suffering? The whole world suffers. And so what? The whole whole world suffers. And it's because of the result of uh, the sin of our forefather in in the Garden of Eden. And they're becoming worse and worse. The suffering—it's increasing like a snowball—to the end of time. It's becoming larger and larger. And we need to remember one thing and rejoice in the Spirit, saying, "Lord, what a miracle!" Now every one of us knows our calling. It is important for God that we bear fruits of the Spirit, and to bring fruits of the Spirit, it is necessary to put off your former way of life, not just put off, this is to cast off the old man from yourself with his deeds. This is the most difficult work and this calling, it is linked also not just to the price of life, but also denying your nation, the house of your father and absolutely from all of your carnal or fleshly considerations, whether they are good or bad. It makes no difference to lose your life. And that's when you can renew yourself or your mind by the spirit of your mind. And with a renewed mind, you can then save your soul and your body. It's not possible to save the body if your soul isn't saved. All of us together know that when we come to God we're born from God our spirit is born you'll say yes and my soul and body are sa- saved too no and scripture doesn't say that only your spirit is saved you'll say how is this but if the soul's not saved if the soul's not saved then the spirit will lose its salvation your and my born spirit it has a job it needs to do to save its save the soul, with perseverance you need to save the soul. Finally, achieving our the salvation of our souls is it spoke is this written for the Gentiles or is it written for those who are saved? These places speak of the fact that our soul is not saved. If by faith we need to finally achieve the salvation of our soul, how can you by faith? You know, and that is by obeying your faith to God's faith that is how you your soul is saved we are obedient to God and we die for our nation the house of our father and for our soul and in this way we receive the good soil of the heart that finally can receive the seed of the kingdom of heaven and so when we're born from God we did not receive the seed of the kingdom of heaven we received the seed of justification this is just a, a, as we can call, an investment into something. You need to cleanse your conscience from dead works. Your conscience, your spirit is connected to the soul and with our mind and our emotions. And to receive the seed of the kingdom of heaven, you need to go- have good soil. You'll say, well, did we not receive good soil when we're born again? No, you received the guarantee of your salvation, a deposit of your salvation. You didn't receive good soil immediately, otherwise it wouldn't, would, wouldn't have said that we cleanse our conscience from dead works, so we can serve the living God, living and true God. And so, when we see this place, we understand that we don't have a conscience cleansed from dead works, and we are born from God, and our character remains And we all, and we right away want to clothe them into religious garments instead of revealing all of this, casting it off of yourself. And so the first couple of years, people try to cover up uh, all of the things uh, with a look of godliness, covering it, covering it, and only when we finally understand that you don't need to cover it, but you need to actually come and reveal it before God and revealing it, How will you be casting off the old man that's revealed before God? Apostle Paul said, there's nothing good in me, I don't find it. Because when I want to do, in my spirit, do something good, I can't. Because something else in me is not letting me. And when I want to do good, I do evil. And he, being frightened, he says, uh, poor man am I, What? who will save me, who will deliver me from this? But he says, with the spirit, I serve the the, the living God, and with sin, with the soul. And so you count yourself dead to sin and living for God, and proclaim the not-existent as ex- as existent. And so this is a great commandment. If you don't fulfill it, you will lose your salvation. And so to fulfill this c- uh, commanding order, we have been using three destiny-impacting, commanding, and fundamental acts that are within this place. This is to put off, be renewed, and put on. The fulfillment of these three destiny-impacting and commanding requirements will determine whether we transform ourselves into vessels of mercy or vessels of wrath. Or more specifically, will our salvation happen that is given to us in the format of a seed that identifies the guarantee of our justification, or will it not? A guarantee... Is not something you own. This is as a deposit you place. This is something that is given to you temporarily so that you have time then. Uh, it's confirmed for you, but you need time to pay pay the full amount, price for it so that it becomes your own. And so we, may the Lord allow time so that we find the remaining amount or balance so we could pay the full price for our salvation. And that is to turn the silver of your salvation, uh, turn it so that you can profit. And so when we bear fruits of the Spirit, that is where our salvation will be. This will be when salvation is our own, or we can claim it as our own. And so if this will not happen, then our names that when we made a covenant with God were written into the book of life will be forever blotted out of the book of life. In a specific format, we already looked at the process contained in the first two conditions and stopped to study the process of the third condition and specifically what conditions do we need to fulfill so that by the means of an already renewed mind, we can begin the process of clothing ourselves into the power of the glory of our new person that is created according to God in Christ Jesus in righteousness and holy truth. Relevant to this, we stopped to study the allegory contained in the 18th Psalm of David. We've been studying many parables, and we've been studying the 18th Psalm of David where the Holy Spirit with the wisdom and authority that he alone has, reveals the demands according to which we are called to collaborate our faith prayer with the name of God, El Yon, or God Most High. Because in this psalm, David turns to God, and in Hebrew, he calls him El Yon, And this is Most High. And this condition consists in this, that in the tight situation you experience when you are putting off the old man, when we call upon the Most High, as to our God, we proclaim the faith of our heart, stating who God is to us in Jesus Christ, what God has done for us in Jesus Christ, who we are to God in Jesus Christ, not what I have done to be saved, but what He did so I could be saved, because salvation is the work of God's hands from the beginning and to the end. We entered this salvation, we fulfill conditions which gives God The ability to fulfill his part for us who we are to god in jesus christ what do we need to do so that we can inherit all that god has done for us in jesus christ and has placed upon our account in jesus christ the given allegory as we know is one of the most powerful and voluminous examples demonstrating the collaboration of our renewed mind as King David with the name of God Most High and their violent conflict with our carnal mind in the form of King Saul and with governing sin as our old person with his deeds. And so this psalm is dedicated to this when God delivered David from all of his enemies and from the hand of Saul, these enemies that were inside of the, of him, the old man, Governing sin and soul, it's the, his carnal mind. And when God delivered him from all of these enemies, he sang this song to God. And so it is by the means of confessing the faith of God that is concealed within our heart, consisting of who God is to us in Jesus Christ, what God has done for us in Jesus Christ, and who we are to God in Jesus Christ. God can receive the right or proper basis He needs to join the battle for our earthly body, so He can shame the governing within our body's sin, which is the old person with His deeds, with the crushing power of His redemption, and with noise forever thrust Him out into hell. We've already agreed uh, and have understood the fact that we have three kings inside that want control of the body and the field of battle between these three kings is our heart. King David is the symbol of our new person. King Saul is the symbol of our carnal mind. And governing sin is the symbol of our old person, who is the programmable system of the fallen cherubim, who we received as a uh, by the genetic line from the sinful seed of our fathers in the flesh. In its character, the prayer psalm of David contains three parts where we see demonstrated an example of the character of our legitimate prayer which belongs to kings, priests, and prophets. And if we are not kings, priests, and prophets to God, then this sermon is not for us. This word is not for us. This is for kings, priests, and prophets. Not just for a saved person, an infant in Christ. An infant in Christ is not a king, priest, or prophet. He cannot be a king, priest, and prophet because he is attracted by various winds of doctrine, he is stumbling, he is chasing one today, someone else tomorrow. If, In many churches you'll see many portraits of so-called generals of God. Part of these generals of God are not generals but false apostles, false teachers who preach the damaged word that people do want to hear. There, where a price doesn't need to be paid. People just are pressured to give money and by giving money they promise them the kingdom of heaven just like the Catholic Church, the Orthodox Church and finally the Catholic and Orthodox Church Are beginning to wake up in their midst they're preaching about the fact that salvation can't be purchased it's a gift of God but you can receive it only upon God's conditions you need a holy form of life for money you can't buy it but before they used to pay for salvation with money first part identifies the state of the heart of David as a warrior in prayer, which is the required basis for the legitimate status of his prayer, belonging to kings, priests and prophets. As we talked about, the kind of heart a warrior in prayer has is the kind of prayer he will have because an offering, a prayer, is sanctified by the altar. And the altar is most holy, not the offering, but the altar is most holy. And from the altar, the offering is then sanctified. The altar, (coughs) is our state. This is our peace with God. This, These are God's goals. This is the word of God that's in our heart. This is His given law, so we not sin. And when this is there, then based upon this altar, we bring forth an offering. And the offering needs to be pure, and it's sanctified, and the offering will be most holy, and anything that touches the altar will be sanctified everything that is pure is not necessarily holy all the lambs are pure but a holy lamb is that lamb that is separated for the offering because a holy one is one separated for God and God chooses even amongst the pure he chooses so that these pure be without blemish you can be pure but have blemish The the lambs are pure, but some may have uh, maybe not have uh, be of irregular size, or may have some kind of uh, problems with their eyes or something on their body. You needed to uh, select a perfect lamb, a beautiful, healthy, and perfect lamb, and then it is separated from the flock. And this lamb, by being separated it becomes holy. It's been separated. Separating a lamb from the flock if, for the lamb is the same as us casting off our old person from ourselves. Uh, sheep are a, a an animal that lives only within a flock, and if you separate her, she can die from loneliness. God created her, uh, this animal like this. We can't live one without the other. Understand this. Sometimes, we are uh, maybe suffering uh, uh, in some instance or in some way having hard times with one another, but God created us to be together. And being part of His body, we then uh, become in a way where God can select us as perfect lambs. And so this state is very important. Having the right state, you then have the right to offer your prayers upon this altar The second part opens up the consistency of legitimate prayer itself, which belongs to kings, priests, and prophets, which gives God the proper basis to deliver us, in the form of David or in his image, from the hands of all of our enemies. The third part illustrates the prayer battle itself. It contains an epic genre, which is beyond the limitations of the typical human mind. Of man Within the boundaries allowed by God, we already looked at the first part and stopped to look at the second part, which opens up the consistency of legitimate prayer itself in the eight names of God Most High. Getting to know and confessing the power that is contained in the heart of David in the eight names of God, and so in the heart of David or in our born, new, uh, born from God person, allowed David and us to call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised so he can be saved from his enemies, those that are trying to take control of our body, to receive your body as your own, so it become the temple of the Holy Spirit. When we speak in tongues, that doesn't mean we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. We become the temple of the Holy Spirit when we receive the Holy Spirit as our Lord and our master of our life, and we begin to be led by the Holy Spirit, when we understand how we need to place ourselves in dependence of the Holy Spirit, because speaking in tongues is a spiritual experience, but it is not spirituality. Uh, spirituality is fruit, but speaking in tongues is not fruit, it's a gift. It gives our spirit the ability to communicate with God upon uh, using the angelic language that my mind does not understand, even the renewed mind doesn't understand, that no other man understands and demons don't understand, and that even angels don't understand, because the angelic language is so that when God speaks with an angel then only that angel understands uh, that he is communicating with God communicates with no other angel understands what God says to the one angel he is speaking with only later do they understand uh, when uh, there begins to be activity or something's happening the angels begin to understand something's happening when God speaks with us he speaks with us the same way when I preach God speaks to each heart independently, and when He speaks to your heart, the one that uh, that sits next to you, and you don't un- and they don't understand, that means it's specifically for you, and you understand it was specifically for you. Uh, it was spoken, and that is how God is. He speaks with each one independently, individually, and sometimes He speaks to all together, to the entire body, to the entire church. But as it is, He loves to communicate in person, one-on-one. And so that's why Jesus always separated from the disciples and prayed separately. And they waited. Sometimes He was there the entire night, separate from them with speaking with the Father. He gave them an example of how to communicate with God. I, even as a child, learned, I don't know from who, No one really taught me this. Somehow, God inspired me. I would hide and pray separately from all, by myself. And I thought that if I pray out loud, the adults will laugh at me and say, "How how can they pray? He pray such a prayer. He is still a child." Because I prayed with such prayers that even the adults did not pray. I just communicated with God, and He responded. And I understood Him. And in my family also, all of my children knew this principle, how I would leave, I would leave the family and go pray, uh, leave from the rest and go into a separate room and pray. And each of the members of the family also found their own place to speak to God separately. And so some ask me, what is it, uh, how do we Uh, Pray as a family I I said I recommend praying Just independently with God If you're praying as a family Yes I've prayed with the family before But It becomes more of a religious uh, Ritual in a way uh, Or a custom uh, Or it forms into something As a religious custom over time And so it's better to Communicate with God one on one And so God getting to know and confessing the truth that opens up the power of his names within the heart of David provided God with the legitimate basis to use the power contained in the capabilities of his names to battle against the enemies of David. Let us read this wonderful place, this wonderful psalm. I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. My shield and the horn of my salvation my stronghold. I called to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I have been saved from my enemies. Psalm 18, 1-4, I know every one of you individually Praise this prayer and turn to God and say, Lord, you are my strength, you are my fortress, you are my deliverer. And when we gather together here, it is important that we pray this as a choir. We pray and sing this together. And as the choir sings the same words together, we need to pray these words.
2: And
1: so, as in, during the night prayers, everyone has the opportunity to pray in tongues together. And we will receive, we will use this opportunity to proclaim who God is for us in Jesus Christ, what God has done for us in Jesus Christ, who we are to God in Jesus Christ, In these eight names and so together Lord you are my strength Lord you are my rock Lord you are my fortress Lord you are my deliverer Lord you are my rock in whom I take refuge Lord you are my shield Lord you are the horn of my salvation and Lord you are my stronghold May the Lord confirm this for us in our hearts, the power of these names, and may He make you strong and immovable, and may this be clearly written upon the tablets of your hearts so that He, in His time, would be able to easily read it in a specific format as much as the Lord has allowed. And according to the measure of our faith, we already studied our inherited lot in Christ Jesus. In the power of five names of God, these are Strength, Rock, Fortress, deliver, and Living Rock. And stop to study our unsearchable inheritance or inherited lot that is in Jesus Christ, contained in the name of God, Living Shield. Considering that the given nature of prayer where David confesses his inherited lot in the eight names of God Most High identifies the covenant that is made between God and man. Getting to know the eight names of God which identify God's covenant with us is a strategic teaching which is purposed to be the calling of every warrior in prayer that will use this weapon in prayer ones that have the virtue of kings, priests and prophets who are who are anointed to rule over the earthly body if a person has not accepted the given to him anointing to govern over his calling which is his mortal body in the status of a king a priest and a prophet then if he uh, and so if he has not accepted him in the status of a king priest and prophet his crown will be taken from him so that he can change it into the virtue of the heavenly body then this revelation that is purpose for worshiping god in prayer will not benefit him in any way the name of God's shield is presented in scripture as a living shield It is heightened in Scripture for warriors in prayer as their military weaponry. The purpose of such a shield is called by God to block us and protect us as warriors in prayer who battle for the interests of the will of God and to give God the legitimate basis to stand at our right side as well as between us and our enemies, so that in the one and other situation he can take the hits that are directed at us by our enemies upon himself, we need to fulfill specific conditions which will allow us to end up in that place and the right time where the power of the name of God and the virtue of his name living shield will receive the proper basis to stand between us and our enemies so that he can take upon himself the hits that are directed at us by our enemies. And the angel of God who went before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud went from before them and stood behind them. So it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of, of Israel. Thus it was a cloud and darkness to the one, and it gave light by night to the other, so that the one did not come near the other all that night. Exodus 14, 19, 20. And so the Israelites that were so attracted by the gods of Egypt and refused to fulfill the commands of Moses and refused to come out because some of them actually had great status and positions and some of them were also those who whipped their own brothers so you understand and when Moses came they needed to repent and acknowledge the fact that they're children of Abraham and God wants to lead them out but here the Pharaoh made the situation difficult and so those Israelites who called themselves so-called Israel God did not protect them because they united with the Egyptians here also, when they were in Egypt, God could not protect them from the Egyptians, all of the Israelite nation, God can't protect us from Egyptians in Egypt, God can't protect us from Gentiles in the midst of Gentiles, we need to come out, God can't protect us in Babylon, we need to come out of Babylon, exit Babylon, Otherwise. The punishment that is upon the Gentiles, Egyptians, the Babylonians, it will fall upon us. And so those who came out, he chased after them, the king of Egypt, with all of his best warriors. And God at this time was leading them with his powerful arm in the pillar of fire. And when God saw that the enemy was behind uh, behind his nation, he immediately stood between his nation and the enemy and was there all night. And so, this is one of the examples where this living shield stands between us and our enemy who intentionally wants to kill us. And so, in the, in the circumstance... When the Egypt of our soul tries to return us or take us back to slavery, our new person collaborating with the name of God shield will hear the noise of the pursuing enemy who is targeting him, the one from whom he was initially delivered. And it happens that this fatal hit or blow that is directed against our liberty from sin falls upon Christ at this moment, who will be taken from the earth and will be nailed to the cross. Because to stand between us <clears throat> is to be placed upon the cross. He protects us and receives the right to protect us because He was crucified upon the cross. He died for us and He rose for our justification. As it is written, I have become a stranger to my brothers and an alien to my mother's children because zeal for your house has eaten me up. And so He came to protect His house. And although He came to His brothers, and his sisters, the sons of his mother, to these Israelites. But these Israelites did not accept him. But he says, zeal for your house has eaten me up. The scriptures say, we are his house. If we boast in the hope and we keep it till the end. Therefore, the quality and lexicon in identifying the name of God's shield as with the previous names of God Most High is not able to be found in any dictionary of the world. So, to be our living shield so that He can take upon Himself the hits of the vile curse that pursues us by the sinful seed of our fathers, this is to protect and block us from the wrath of God, protect and block us from the deception of the evil one. Protect and block us from the evil and slanderous tongue. Protect and block us from the curse of all nature of illness. Protect and block us from the curse of poverty. Protect and block us from the curse of untimely or early death. And protect and block us from the sinful life that was passed on to us from our fathers. Looking at this list, which contains such intervention from all nature of existing enemy, we as with the previous names of God, Most High have come to the necessity to study four classical questions that will allow us to learn the essence of our inheritance that is in the name of God, Living Shield, so that we can provide God with the foundation that He needs to use it in battle for the adoption of our body. According to Scripture, what are the identifications and qualities of the name of God and the purpose of His glorious name, shield? What purpose, being in the role of our protector, did God allocate for Himself, and what role has He placed upon us? What conditions do we need to fulfill to provide God with the proper foundation to allow us to enter the unsearchable inheritance of His name in the virtue of a living shield of faith? By what signs do we examine ourselves as to whether we are truly collaborating our faith with the faith of God in the virtue of His name, shield, and not some kind of other counterfeit of it? In the previous service, we already looked at the first question consisting of specific qualities of a living shield of faith in the eight components, although there are many more of them, and stopped to study question two. What purpose, being in the role of our protector, did God allocate for Himself, and what role did the Scripture allocate to us when it comes to defending the interests of the will of God? Because, as we've noted, fulfilling such a role, whether it be the role of God or the role of man, is practically demonstrated in the price that both God and man pay for the right and opportunity to to cooperate with one another. 5 of the components contained in the purpose of the name of God in the form of our living shield have already been subjects of our study, and we, have, we will immediately pay attention today to the 6th. The 6th component in the purpose of the name of God in the virtue of His name, living shield, taking upon Himself the fatal hit that is directed at us by our enemy, is called to make its presence known in the shadow of His wings. At the same time, the role of man, giving God the legitimate basis to demonstrate Himself as our living shield in our relationship, consists in us fulfilling the condition so we abide under the shadow of His wings. Because you have been my help, therefore, in the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. Psalm 63, 7, the Psalm of David. According to the given words, to give God the proper basis to demonstrate Himself in the form of our living shield, consisting in the shadow of His wings, we need to have knowledge about the essence of these wings, so that we can place ourselves into the shadow of these glorious wings. God will not place you there. By force or lead you there, you need to yourself come into the shadow. The nation of Israel needed to come under the shadow of the cloud and walk there. As soon as they uh, went out from under the cloud, the serpents killed them, the Malachites killed them, but being under this cloud, no one was able to come in and hurt them. And so it's important for us to know how to collaborate with the power of God that is contained in the protection of His wings. The the two wings are called to serve as a living shield for us, taking upon himself the deadly hit that is directed at us by our enemies, is presented in Scripture in the form of the apostles who carried the urim and the thummim that within their mouth present the undamaged truth that is clothed into the power of the Holy Spirit. For all of the promises of God in him are yes, and in him amen to the glory of God through us. 2 Corinthians one twenty. And so as they are carriers of the thumb of truth and erm of the Holy Spirit who reveals the truth in the heart and they pass on the word to us, the two wings are obedience to the words of the person whom God has placed in a specific church. Second, the two wings are called to serve as a living shield for us, taking upon itself the deadly hits that are directed at us by our enemies, is presented in Scripture in the format of the truth of the Word of God that is concealed in our wise heart, in the form of the Holy Spirit, who reveals the truth that is concealed within our wise heart by the preached Word of the Apostles and Prophets. When we receive this word, now it is in us, and when we receive the thumbim, then the Holy Spirit comes there to reveal the meaning or significance of that word. One that has not received the the thumbim, when I or another anointed of God reveals the truth, what is within the truth, a person will understand. They'll say, "How do you? How can we listen to this? How can we listen to this?" The reason is because he does not have truth in his heart, and the Holy Spirit can't reveal anything to him. But when a person receives the truth in the heart, and it is received first of all by acknowledging over yourself authority, you can't. You don't need to uh, fight with God. You don't need to choose for yourself teachers by the matter of voting for them and confront God and spit in His face. God gives the churches apostles and prophets not by voting for them. I want these words to reach the churches around us. I look with great fear at how people listen to these people and they trust that they will be saved. And they don't even understand that they are being given damaged word that will not lead them to salvation, only by God's great mercy. And so, in these congregations, He might be doing something and allowing some to understand, independent from their false apostles and false teachers, who are no longer their spiritual authority. They understand that the church is important, they come to church. but. For them, these people are not a spiritual authority. These are religious leaders that... And so the scriptures say, I have put wisdom in the hearts of all the gifted artisans that they may make all that I have commanded you. Exodus 31.6, a person who receives the truth of the preached word in the elementary teaching of Jesus Christ is the wisdom of the heart when you receive... The 12 foundations of the wall of the New Jerusalem into your heart then your heart becomes wise it is ready to receive the Holy Spirit and you already spoke in tongues before this but the Holy Spirit was not yet there, it had not come there but when you have received the truth the Holy Spirit will also come being under the shadow of the wings of the Almighty means to abide in the truth of the Word of God and in the Holy Spirit. And second, to be under the shadow of the wings of the Almighty means to allow the truth of the Word of God and the Holy Spirit to abide within our heart, within our mind, and in our mouth. If you abide in Me and My Word abides in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. John 15, 7 The Word that is in you from, from this word that is in you, what you will desire, it's not what I desire in general, but the word that abides in me and I in it, from that, what you desire. And so the promises that are given and the ones that we take consideration and we confess, that is the promise we will receive. That is the promise we will receive, but we need to understand that the main promise, to, this is to save your soul and your body, We need to receive and grow the fruit of Methuselah, who drives away death. We need to destroy within ourselves the stronghold of death. And this is not the devil. The devil trusts upon the stronghold of death. This is what he he relies upon. We need to come out from under the guard of the law. The law that is weakened has no power, and so it needs to be destroyed. In what way? What did Christ do? He, in the the form of Moses, took the tablets and broke them, and those tablets represented Christ. And Christ uh, was crucified upon the cross, and He was broken upon that cross. And in this way, when He resurrected, He gave us the ability, upon the new tablets of the covenant, to see Him. We saw Him in new tablets of the covenant, in God's grace, in the service of justification, and death was swallowed up by victory, the service of condemnation was swallowed up by the service of justification. Abiding in the shadow of the two wings of the Almighty, giving God the legitimate basis to demonstrate Himself in the form of our living shield, taking upon Himself the fatal hit that is directed at us by our enemies, is to be under the shadow of the Thummim and Urim that is concealed within our heart. To be under the shadow of the wings of the Almighty in the form of the Thummim and Urim will mean that we have been elevated in status of kings, priests, and prophets to God. That in turn means that we possess the ability to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit within our heart, which provides God with the legitimate grounds to listen to our voice, the confessions of the faith of God that are concealed within our heart. If a person has not received the undamaged truth into his heart, he violates or perverts the essence of this truth in the commandments of God within his heart. And also, if he portrays his thoughts and his desires as the thoughts and desires of the Holy Spirit, then He comes out from under the shadow of these wings. There are many variations uh, we can show here of how you can come out from under the shadow of the wings. When we receive the damaged truth, when we violate the 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 truth of God, when we pervert the truth, when we portray, we, uh, we present our thoughts and desires as God's, And consequently, such a person lacks or is deprived of the power to the right to have a relationship with God as with his living shield called to take upon himself the hits that are directed at us by our enemies. And this person then becomes the enemy of God as well as our enemy. Such a person becomes God's enemy and ours. At the same time, we become for them, for these people, an object and goal for all nature of curse that their ignorance produces demonstrated in their resistance to the truth of the commandments of the Lord. When the multitude, multitude of prophets of Israel, when they were telling one of the kings, uh, go and you will overcome, you will you'll be victorious. But then one, one of the other kings says to this king, go And uh, called the one prophet you have of the Lord. And this king says, well, he always tells me bad news. And so he called them and he told them, all the rest of the prophets gave me good news. What will you say? If you can imagine when a person asks the prophet to tell him not what God wants him to know, but just say something good, good to me. And he says, go and you'll be victorious. He didn't say that. And so he said that. He said, well, no, tell me what the Lord wants to wants to say. And he said that the sheep were left without a pastor and that all sheep need to go to their own tents and you will fall. And the king says, see, I told you. He, and so he decided he will trick God and he tells Jehoshaphat, let us uh, change garments so that the enemy does not uh, identify me and not and so he doesn't uh, think that i am the israelite king so the king of judah uh, and the king of israel they swapped their garments and the uh, arrow accidentally but in this case accidentally was one that was literally directed god god uh, intended for this arrow to kill him and so someone released the arrow, as it were, randomly. But he redirected this arrow, uh, directed this arrow at him, and he and he uh, he was hit, and he bled out and died. And so, even though he was in another's garments, and so that's what happens when one asks the prophet, "Tell me something good," rather than tell me what God wants me to know. Say rather, "Reveal to me who I am." so that I can become free of this evil that lives within me and that I didn't know lives in me. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also will reject you from being priest to me. Because you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. Hosea 4.6 I will forget your children. That's. I will forget the promise that you received in the form of seeds and have grown into fruit. You see, there are many promises, but why will he forget the children? Because there is a primary promise, a a promise that needs to be uh, received, that needs to be grown, that all the rest of the promises depend on. When we receive the main promise of the adoption of our body, our soul, and save them, then all of the rest of the promises have uh, have purposes, and not paying the price for this, all the rest of the promises will not be of use to you. If you've rejected uh, my knowledge, I will reject you also from being priest, he says. In this way, the purpose of the name of God, in the form of our living shield, taking upon himself the deadly hit or strike that is directed at us by our enemies, first, will find itself in the atmosphere of our abiding in the truth of the Word of God and in the Holy Spirit, and second, will find itself in our heart, mind, and mouth that abide in the truth of the Word of God and in the Holy Spirit. That is, these two wings of great evil. Seventh component, in the purpose of the name of God in the form of our living shield, taking upon Himself the hits that are directed at us by our enemies, is called to give us the ability to lift our eyes to the hills of God where our help comes from. Help is a shield, a living shield. That's help. Psalm 121, a song of ascent. Psalm 121, 1. A song of ascents. I will lift up my eyes to the hills, from whence comes my help. Why is it called a song of ascents? Because when people went to worship to Jerusalem, Jerusalem is upon the on the on the hills. On the, and if you ever go to Israel and you won't be in Jerusalem but in some other city, we were going on in a taxi to Jerusalem, and when we approach Jerusalem then it's a a winding path and it goes up and up and up and the ear started to clog. Uh, uh, And the taxi driver said, Yerushalayim, do you smell Yerushalayim? Jerusalem. But upon these mountains, God has focused all of His promises there all of his promises he is focused in the body of christ in the church in these mountains not just upon one mountain and so it's it's a it's an ascending uh route to get up to it And so we know that in Scripture the symbol of the mountain of God are the oath promises of God that contain the great and good destinies of God for that category of saints that collaborate with the name of God in the form of His living shield, taking upon Himself the hit or strike that is directed at us by our our enemies. Your righteousness is like the great mountains. Your judgments are a great deep, O Lord, you preserve man and beast. Psalm 36, 6. According to what we just read, the righteousness of God that is concealed within our heart in the mountains of God upon which, or God's promises upon which we are called to look with the eyes of the faith of our heart, this righteousness represents the imperishable promise of God with our heart in the format of our imperishable and unsearchable inheritance. And so this is our reward and when we focus our eyes upon the reward, we can easily pay any price that the Lord will require of us <clears throat> and so these imperishable promises of God this is our again imperishable and unsearchable inheritance in the form of the great destinies of the Most High prepared for us by God before the foundations of the world were laid Isaiah 65 nine ten. I will bring forth descendants from Jacob and from Judah an heir of my mountains is talking about Jesus Christ here he inherits all the promises and we inherit these promises in him, in the body. And from Judah, an heir of my mountains, my elect shall inherit it and my servants shall dwell there. Sharon shall be full of flocks and the valley of a a place for herds to lie down for my people who have sought me. Isaiah 65, 9, 10. A nation that seeks God will be placed into into Christ, into the good wife, into the male child who is supposed to lead nations with a rod of iron. The descendants of Jacob is his son Judah from whose seed God promised to bring forth an heir of his mountains in the form of his only begotten son in the status of the son of man. The mountains of God themselves in the format of the inheritance of God represent the promises of God to the heirs who is the Son of God, Jesus Christ. And so, to enter the imperishable and unsearchable inheritance of God, so you can inherit the mountains of God in the format of the promises of God for the chosen by God remnant, means receive the right to the power to draw near to God exclusively in Christ Jesus and by Christ Jesus. As it is written, their noble shall shall be from among them, and their governor shall come from their midst. Then I will cause him to draw near, and he shall approach me. For who is this who pledges his heart to approach me, says the Lord? You shall be my people, and I will be your God. Jeremiah 30, 22. If you receive the one whom I shall draw near to myself. And so, why is Jer- Jerusalem and Israel in such a belittling state uh, right now when? She needs to be as the sands of the sea, stars of the sky, rule the world. Why are they, why are they hated by the surrounding nations that came from the same father that they came from, from the same Abraham came Arabs and Jews, and why Arabs hate the Jews? Why does this happen? Because they refused to listen to Moses. He told them, a prophet will come from among you, just as me, from the midst of you. Every soul that will not listen to that prophet will be destroyed from his nation. This is why Israel in the, is in the situation they're in. That's why the church is in such a belittling state, because when God gives them apostles and prophets, they reject them. They, for themselves, choose and elect people that are they call apostles and prophets. They don't call them. Necessarily apostles and prophets, they call them generals of God, is how they actually call them. <clears throat> The chosen by God remnant is called to live within the atmosphere of the oath promises of God that are presented in the symbol of the mountains of God. These are saints that are clothed into the virtue of servants of the Lord that are bound that have bound themselves with the truth of the word that is contained in the eternal covenant of peace that is made and established between man and God. The symbol of the promises that are contained in the inheritance of the mountain of God is presented in the symbol of the valley of Shearin. that shall become a pasture for the sheep and the symbol of the valley of Accor. that shall become the place of the rest for the herds of the nation of God whom God found. According to the prophecy of Hosea, these promises that consist in the inheritance of the mountains of God are called to be inherited by the chosen by God remnant in the form of the servants of the Lord at the door of the of the revelation of their hope or at the door of meeting with the Lord in the air. God told, told the nation when they can inherit he has appointed a time in which this needs to happen. Therefore, behold, I will allure her, will bring her into the wilderness and speak comfort to her. I will give her there from the wilderness, vineyards from there, and the valley of Accor at the door of hope. She shall sing there in the days of her youth, as in the day when she came up from the land of Egypt. Hosea 2.14.15 Hosea 2.14.15 The essence of the given promise which belongs to the door of our hope consists, or the door of our rapture, what will happen before rapture, consists in in the salvation of our soul by which we are called to give God the legitimate foundation to save our body by adopting it by the redemption of Christ which upon practice means that at the door of our meeting with Christ in the air, in our mortal bodies, we will see the erection of the stronghold of life, and because of this, our mortal body here on earth, before the meeting with Christ in the air occurs, our body will be clothed into incorruption that is into our new person. In this way, the name of God in the form of our living shield before our rapture occurs is called to change the status of our mortal bodies by clothing it with itself, in status of incorruption. And the essence of such a promise that is called to happen at the door of our hope is to change or convert the seed of the kingdom that is within our heart into the fruit of righteousness in the name of Methuselah, which will serve for us as evidence that we have pleased God. Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. After he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and he had sons and daughters. And so he could not walk with God before that time. He only can walk with God after he bore Methuselah because Methuselah's name, driving away death, he could walk before God when he destroyed death within his body. So, So he walked 300 years and he had sons and daughters. And so walking before now, Walking before God, having bore Methuselah the main promise, he then obtained other promises. He bore uh, more sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Genesis 5.21-24 through 24. I shall remind us that the fruit of the faith of Enoch and his name Methuselah means driving away death. By faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Hebrews 11.5 He received testimony in the fruit of Methuselah that he pleased God. And this was the guarantee of his salvation, uh, of his rapture, meaning the Lord in the air. This was a guarantee that he now can walk before God. According to this given concept, the saints that have received by faith uh, the seed of promise that consists of the door of our hope and have grown it into fruits of righteousness in the name of Ethesela, where they received God or have given God the right to destroy in their bodies the stronghold of death, have within their hearts testimony that they have pleased God. Such a state of the heart gives God the proper basis to. to demonstrate himself in the form of our living shield so he can erect within our body the stronghold of death and clothe our bodies into, in incorruption in the form of our new person. And as soon as the fullness of time comes for the fulfillment of the promise that belongs to the door of our hope, that is presented to us in the inheritance of the mountains of God, the body of the saints that died in Christ, their bodies will be uh, resurrected in, in into immortal bodies, and then our bodies will put on incorruption at this time, so that they without us would not have achieved perfection. Hebrews 11, 40, And all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise, God having provided something better for us, <clears throat> that they should not be made perfect apart from us. <clears throat> if he would have allowed them to inherit this promise during their lifetime then after them when we would be born then we would not be able to take part in that same promise and so he uh, had pretty much he had withhold withheld this promise <clears throat> for for some time they have it but it hasn't they haven't received yet their reward people think that you come to the lord it's a reward their reward will be the incorrupt body, the immortal body. Being an in- incorrupt body will they be in God's likeness because God, the Son and the Holy Spirit, a person in the three hypostases and the spirit, soul and body be redeemed so that he can have this reward, so they can be in God's likeness. And so they are still waiting for this reward. And as soon as the time comes that is established by God, then he will first resurrect them. They will come to us, and then we, and we together with them will be here as Enoch walked before God. Not 300 years, not 300 years, but according to the revelations of Daniel, within the boundaries of the the seven years all the week these events will happen, considering that at the middle somewhere of this week, this seven years, the infant will be taken and then three years remain before the Christ returns back with his church will return to earth. And so if you rapture if you if you uh if rapture will occur exactly at the three and a half
2: years, uh,
1: there, there's the also the younger daughter that had, uh, they at this time don't yet have the two wings and they will fall into that great tribulation. And so, if the days will not be shortened, uh, no flesh will be, no, no person will be saved. And so, to, it says, praise so that the days be shortened." And to shorten those days, the church needs to be. Uh, remain on earth for a longer period of time. And so we won't be raptured immediately. For some time, we will walk before God as Enoch walked before God, but not 300 years, but possibly uh, a few more months that will shorten the the time of the rule of the Antichrist over the European Union. the territory of the previous Roman Empire, Israel will receive him as the Messiah. Jesus said, I came in the name of my Father, you did not receive me, but another will come in his name and you will receive him. And they will receive him. And he will resist all of the religions of the world, all of the uh, for Islam, the the Catholics, the uh, all of the religions, the the Jews, they will receive him. But at the end of the week, they will open their eyes. These are part. This is what's in scripture. They will finally open their eyes and go. Wait, in scripture it says that the Messiah needs to come from the tribe of Judah, but this one is from the tribe of Dan. James said that that the serpent will come and be in the in the in the road before you. He said that from Dan the man of sin will come, the devil in the flesh, who will confront the Son of Man.
2: They
1: will understand this and they will see that he needs to sit on the throne of David in Israel, but he will sit on the throne in the European Union, and they'll say no, and they will refuse to worship him. And the Scripture say that everyone will die who will not worship him will be. And so there will be many Jews that will die at this time. That the World War II... Will not compare to this. There will be more within hours destroyed during the great Passover when they will gather. Israel will be a part of the European Union at that time, and this can happen very soon. And when they refuse to acknowledge uh, the the uh, he will then send his war our, his soldiers. And so they will wait for the Passover there, and there will be a command given that if anyone tries to leave the city and won't have anything else with him, you can let them let them through. The, the Christians that live at this time, that remain, that were not raptured, but have the two wings of the eagle, they say they will know that Jesus says, when you see the soldiers have surrounded the city, uh, any of you who are, who are on your roof or in your house, don't take anything, just go into the mountains, and they will go into the mountains. Today, I say, speak about this. The church that is in Israel, and all denominations actually listen to us in Israel. <clears throat> I had a phone call. A couple of churches in Israel uh, asked, can we print your sermons in our journals? And I said, please. And so those who are students will hear about this and go into the mountains. And when the um, uh, killing will begin, all who are in, in Jerusalem at this time will be killed. And at this time, this will be the last hour. the heavens will be opened up and upon the white horse the church will come with christ and with his breath he will kill the antichrist and the army of antichrist and he will and this will be the start of the millennial reign the thousand year reign And so, as we read that they did not receive what was promised, God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. And so, the mountains of God in Scripture also uh, imply, I'll say, also uh, men themselves who are partakers of the category of the chosen by God remnant. Why do you fume with envy, you mountains of many peaks? This is the mountain of which God desires to dwell in. Yes, the Lord will dwell in it forever, Psalm 68, 16. And so upon this mountain Zion, here it's talking about the chosen by God remnant, the category of the infant, uh, the male child, the good wife. These are the why, uh, five wise virgins, all of these examples. And however much the wicked one may pride himself in us, who is inherited by us from the sinful seed of our fathers in the flesh, and the wicked ones in our church also, who stay, uh, show themselves as great mountains. And so our spirit having justification because of Jesus Christ, this great mountain, the stronghold of death, will become flattened and the Lord will bring forth his, uh, chi- he will be the chief cornerstone. <clears throat> Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zebubabel, you shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the, the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. Zechariah 4, 7. In this place of scripture, the capstone is It represents here the promise that represents within our body Christ in the status of the stronghold of life uh, or uh, or stronghold of incorruption identified within our body as the enthroned grace of God by righteousness of faith. And so it needs to first be enthroned within the new person and then it will be enthroned in the body because the new person is intending to save the soul and body and the grace of God needs to be enthroned in the entire body so that the body would be the throne of God's grace. When the stronghold of life that represents within our body the enthroning of the grace of God by righteousness of our faith will reveal itself in the incorruption of our body then people that consider themselves Jews that by essence were never Jews will be jealously looking at the mountain of god in the form of the stronghold of life that is erected within our bodies as well as our churches upon which the grace of god will dwell and will dwell eternally summing up the component of the purpose of the name of god as our living shield that takes upon himself the hits uh, or the fatal hits that are directed at us by our enemies we conclude that this it will be revealed this promise that is contained in our heart, in the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ, which will give the, God the proper basis in time to change the status of the of our body from incorruption from corruption to incorruption. Eighth component in the purpose of the name of God in the form of our living shield, taking the hits upon Himself that are directed at us by our enemies, is called to make itself known and to function within the pillars of our of our gates that are made of iron and bronze. your sandals shall be iron and bronze as your days so shall your strength be there's no one like the god of Jeshurun, who rides the heavens to help you and his excellency on the clouds the eternal cloud or the eternal god is your refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms he will thrust out the enemy from before you and will say destroy then israel shall dwell in safety the fountain of Jacob alone, in a land of grain and new wine, his heavens shall also drop dew. Happy are you, O Israel, who is like you, a people saved by the Lord, the shield of your help, and the sword of your majesty. Your enemies shall submit to you, and you shall tread down their high places. Deuteronomy 33, 25-29. This is the revelation of Moses. The... Gates of our trifold essence in the nation, in the in is the union of our sacred person that has come into full measure of growth in Christ, our mind and our soul that is renewed by the spirit of our mind, that is uh, that is gentle or with a gentle mouth. The pillars of our gates, and these are our. This is the gen, our gentle mouth and the inability of our enemy to enter, and it is made of iron so that we can perform God's justice or proclaim God's justice with our mouth. This is the symbol of God's justice within our mouth. The iron that uh, these uh, pillars are made of, it gives God the proper basis to to reveal himself to us as our living shield that takes upon himself the hits that are directed at us by our enemies is obedience of our faith to God's faith uh, that is the preached to us words, the truth about the cross of Christ when we deny our nation and the house of our Father. This is what the iron is. This is when we judge outwardly. When we condemn our nation and the house of our Father, when we deny them, we in this way condemn. With the flood, Noah judged the world. When he denied the world in which he lived, he judged it. And so then the pillars of bronze, which are the doors of our gentle lips, is the denying of our personal destructive uh, thoughts and desires. And so I don't have the right to judge everyone in general that's uh, around me, but those under my responsibility. And so each person is responsible for his nation, the house of his father. And when you deny the sinful life of your fathers and your nation, you come out from under the dependence of your nation and the house of our, of your father. They have no right over you anymore. And you now become their master. They will now depend on you. And such a collaboration of the carrying of our cross with the cross of Christ, giving God the proper basis to be our living shield, is our obedience to and our counting ourselves dead to sin, living for God, proclaiming the non-existent stronghold of incorruption within our mortal body as existent. The result of the pillars of the doors of our gentle uh, lips, iron and bronze, our days shall increase as wealth, so that our uh, imperishable and unsearchable wealth shall be increased, it shall be increased as our days. And this imperishable and unsearchable wealth it will be grown in the Eden of our spirit into a tree of life. And so the pillars of the doors of our gentle mouth shows the collaboration again of our cross with the cross of Christ and is the key that opens our pearly gates. When we will condemn ourselves, the nation and the house of our Father condemn our destructive desires, in this way this will be a key to the pearly gates, we will open up the pearly gates to the unsearchable and imperishable inheritance that is contained in the blood of the cross of Christ that in the Eden of our heart is called to represent the grown tree of life. The confessions of the fruit of righteousness in the grown by us Eden of our heart in the format of the tree of life, the God of Israel, which is a God of warriors and prayer, who worship Him in spirit and in truth, will receive the proper basis to... Uh, the Lord God will then upon the clouds will come to us and will drive away our enemies before our face and will allow us to erase the remembrance of our enemies that are in our bodies in our bodies as well as out of our bodies the next demonstration of a living shield within uh on earth taking upon himself the hits that are directed at us by our enemies will be in these words
2: your standard shall be as iron
1: and bronze, and it says here that Israel shall dwell in safety, the fountains of Jacob alone, in a land of grain, and new wine, his heaven shall also drop dew. And so when the door of our lips will have these pillars that are iron and bronze when we learn to judge properly God's judge with God's judgments we first will judge within ourselves our old person and we will condemn the world in the form of our nation and the house of our father this is the genetic inheritance and so, the house of our father, genetical, code, genetical uh, that uh, curse that was passed on to us from our fathers. And so, if the house of my father loves God and loves the truth, then I'm not rejecting them, but I am denying <clears throat> and refusing the genetic inheritance that has been passed on to me from them. If the house of my father is against the truth, then I... <clears throat> deny not only my the genetical code that was passed on to me but also them also we need to know the difference clearly and so when we accept uh, the truth then it becomes easier for us and while we continue to be to have pity toward uh, members maybe of the family uh, if you remember that lot his wife she was feeling uh she, she was feeling, she had pity, she didn't want to leave, and so that's why she turned turned and looked at the city. Why did she do this? She did not die for her daughters, who refused to listen to the truth. Lot came and told them, daughters, we need to do this and this. And the sons-in-law thought he was kidding. One preacher in our church said, you know, Lot was a joker. Because why did the sons-in-law think he was uh, kidding? Because he joked for all the time. And so when they said that God was... He said that God will destroy the cities. And when I stood on the stage after this unfortunate preacher, I said, Lot was not a joker. How could you call a righteous person a joker? This, he was a righteous person and he suffered every day in his soul, seeing and hearing the works of lawlessness. What do you mean a joker? Why did the sons in Lot think he was joking? Because they were the jokers. People judge us not by how we are often, but how they themselves are. If he himself, if if someone is a, a terrible person and a liar, they will judge you the same way they are. And they do this because they themselves are this way. Lot wasn't a joker. They were the jokers. And as they were, they... Uh, and lot died for them the father and so why did she not die for die and so that's why it says remember it says in scripture remember the wife of lot who will not deny his soul his soul and our soul is linked and connected to our nation the house of our father I remember when here in the Slavic churches there were there was a division between the Ukrainians and Russians even though they're one nation yes the language is a little bit different but it's one Slavic nation and when the Benderevs came to power these are nationalist fascists and they did not hide this fact here there was a fight going on between the Ukrainians, Ukrainians and Russians and, and and also those Ukrainians who did not acknowledge the Benderovs. and so those who did acknowledge the Bender's churches look. They write, "Benders are our father and Ukraine our mother." And where's God? Where's God in this? In all, in all of this? I tell you this because they wrote me letters as well. I am a Christian person. I am in the Pentecostal Church. I'm a. I support the Benderovs. And so I was surprised how you can be a child of God and at the same time be a supporter of the Banderevs. And I said, do you truly think you're a... And so Bender himself, he was not a Ukrainian person, he never lived in Ukraine. He lived in Poland, he, 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 he was born in Poland, he had a terrorist group, and they destroyed po- Polish people, Ukrainian, Russian people to create some kind of their uh, their, uh, their own kingdom. He was never a Ukrainian per, uh, individual. He spoke uh, in the Polish language. He didn't know the Ukrainian custom at all. And they put him on a pedestal. And, and most of the Protestant churches were doing this. The only one was the Orthodox that said, no, we will not acknowledge, and they are Uh, Looked down by the nationalists But all the Protestant uh, And so he And so he promoted a war That shed blood And people uh, Went in support and were willing To kill one another And so children of God where have we come to To kill Kill who and for what because they refuse to acknowledge uh, the the way that they try to come to power, and so we are we are content people. We don't have here nationalities. We have it. We can say that, but God loves different languages. He created the different languages. I like the language of uh, the Ukrainian language, but I also like the Russian language. And I also like the English language. I like also other languages. I like the Hebrew language. We need to love people of different languages, and we have different nationalities, and we don't have problems with each other because of our nationalities, because we're one in Jesus Christ. There's no Jew nor Greek. We are all one, no slave nor free. We're one in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let us bend our knees and our heads and we will pray and may the Lord bless us Heavenly Father in the name of Jesus Christ I thank you for the great inheritance of your promises
2: that
1: you allowed to be placed in the hearts of your people your nation you have made your promise the focus and your son Jesus Christ your church possesses the virtue of the narrow gate that before your face is wise she's the wise woman the male child for she has this quality of, a, of an infant. She does not hold offense in her heart, but forgives before the setting of the sun, the one that's sinned against her. Although we are not perfect, we are perfect in you. You look at us and you see us in Jesus Christ because we have acknowledged the status of your body. We have acknowledged the status of your order within your body and we have acknowledged and accepted the immovable and undamaged word and the truth that is within the foundations of the New Jerusalem, the 12 foundations. We have received the truth about the cross in the 12 pearly gates that have become for us the key to the unsurgable inheritance of Christ. We thank you that everything that you have placed upon the count of your son Jesus Christ becomes also ours because you have placed us in Christ so that we can receive together with him that inheritance that you have prepared for him we thank you for these great promises we thank you that you have become our living shield that stands between us and our enemies between fear from illness, fear because of untimely death, fear of hunger, and other fears and phobias that are just overwhelming the Christian so-called world as well as the world in general. The whole world is in phobias, fears that actually don't exist. But the wicked one runs when no one's chasing him and the children of God that have not accepted the love of the truth that are not perfect in the tr- in in love they don't have your fear they have the fear of man and so they are afraid of everything and everyone everything and one. and we are we thank you that we're not afraid because you are our life you are our true our our present and our future. You've concealed us in Christ and made us rich in Christ. And so we worship before you our great God, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and do not lead us into temptation but deliver us from the evil one for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever Amen And now let us proclaim our unchanging manifestation Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless